Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Penny Red. My name is Daniel Hodges. My name is Sean Hayworth. And uh, what's been going on? It's been three weeks. It has been three weeks. I've been working my tail off, I'll tell you what. Have you, uh, been, have you been finding lots of water? Uh, we, we have, actually. Uh, unfortunately, it keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, so that's that, a problem. Is, yeah, is that a case of like, um, look what we've done to this beautiful world, or is that just a case of there are more and more people making use of your services, so there's more and more water being drawn away, and so the water table is getting lower? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, not not that not that our clients would like to hear this, but it is definitely a symptom, in part of uh, of of increasingly uh, increase increasingly warmer temperatures uh, because that keeps keeps us in a pretty steady drought cycle right uh, and then and then of course since there's there's no water people start putting you know no rain coming in people are starting to put yeah, yeah. more holes in the ground and deeper holes in the ground yeah. uh, so the the water tables in some of the areas is dropping 50 60 feet it's crazy. Well, that, that's, I mean, I guess it's not very much when you're thinking about the thickness of the crust, but in terms of the amount of water there is there. And, and I guess also as the temperature goes up, the carrying capacity of the atmosphere increases, so you're getting less water in the, in the water cycle. Yep. Boy, I'm boring myself. Okay, <laughs> um, let's, talk about, um, let's talk about some, uh, some role-playing stuff. Now, last time uh, on the show, um, you were not able to join Sean Nittner and Karen Twells and myself, and we were talking a little bit about Game of Thrones, and we diverged here and there, and we talked about Big Bad Con and and so on and so forth. And for those that are following along, um, Karen announced that I was going to be quote unquote, um, but I, I, what, I don't even remember how she introduced me, but anyway, I'm being who Kristen was being at the last one. So I'm uh, busy watching. Is it Robert Lee Emery? Is that the name of the guy from full metal jacket? The, oh, our the drill Army. sergeant. Yes. 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 The, the, the drill sergeant. Army yep. Um, I love Arlie Ermy. He's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so that's the uh, the idea is I'm going to go watch a bit of that and uh, try and see if I can um, tap into some of his super insults. Oh nice. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm a bit worried um, that I might be a bit that I might be over uh, overbearing because I've been uh, been accused of being too intense um, in in role playing uh, before. I mean I'm uh, we let's go back to, go back to what we <laughs> talked about. And I talked about with Jackson Tegu. Like in my opinion, there are two axes. Let's move this way. There are two axes. Well, I mean, it's probably lots, but the two we were talking about is there's a there's a um, like simulation versus not versus you know like super high fantasy type thing. Right. right. Like how much how many rules how much do you want the rules to um, try to make the game match what would happen in real life? Right. Right. Okay. And then, so and then and then there's another axis which goes like this or however you want to do it, um, whereby how how emotionally involved the game tries to get you to be or at least how emotionally involved the game sort of facilitates you getting right. um and for myself um in terms of emotional involvement um from a 10 to a to a zero then i can have a like something no what do I, a 10 to a one let's keep it simple um i'm probably a three 
a two to a three. Like I like to have some laughs when I'm playing and I like it to be funny. I like there to be moments where, you know, we can feel a certain gravitas, but the intent of the game is not to sort of plumb emotional depth. It's just something that sort of can happen as as you go along the way, right? That sort of stuff. Like a few people talk about triggering um, type stuff, which is something which Sean had in his um, game, which is which is a very real thing. But right. um, I like to think my games don't sort of go into that type of territory but um so for myself i like things to be sort of somewhere in the middle in terms of real um and simulation versus versus reality um one and then when it comes to emotional impact i'm i'm right down at the bottom like a like a like a three like i like well-written bits but i don't want to i don't want to feel sad there's enough sad stuff going on you know in the right in the world it's right. a bit of escapism so and i think we sort of mentioned this briefly before but but um, I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going? What was I talking about? Uh, you, you were talking about, uh, I, I believe uh, you were talking about uh, the, the tribunal LARP that uh, right, yes. Jason yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, ran yeah. last so year. For anybody that's watching this, like if I do a really good job, <laughs> which I, I can't rule out the possibility that I may do a really good job and be really um, sort of oppressive and overbearing, but that's really what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, right. Then please don't be frightened of me for the rest of the convention. <laughs> um, I'm not really a scary person. I, was um, say, I, th- I, I just think... play one on television. I mean, I just play one, play, play one at, uh, at conventions. I think, um, I think Kristen frightened some people last year. Yeah, it was good. She was brilliant. Yeah, because she was she really good. She really good straight, really good straight face. I was like, wow, she's she's really uh, doing a good job. Um, <laughs> Of this, and I think to a degree, you're probably going to feed off the people that are a little bit afraid. Although I might feel a little bit bad about that, I think probably not bad enough to not really go after them. Um, but anyway, don't cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't or, cry. It's it's, or, it's or fine. I mean, do. my the role of the people that are that are um, they're sort of running the game. It's I mean, yeah. I mean, you'll see. Sign up. It's a, it's a good time. I had a good time last time. Remember, it is a game. I mean, if you really want to get into it and get sad, then there's that possibility for you. But um, anyway, it's a good time. It's good. It's fun. Um, but there's yelling. Um, <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of yelling. Um, so, so yeah, so we talked about that. Um, and uh, we talked about... And we, and we got diverted, as I said, we talked about Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is very popular. Yes. Um, I'm going to say good for role-playing. but uh, I would agree that mm. it is good for role-playing. I, I mean, it's uh, it's it's got a, a lot of stuff in it for people who are already into role-playing games to, mm. to point at and go, yeah. I, I want my game to be like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's also uh, doing a really good job of, of sort of popularizing that, like, uh, it's I, it's not really high fantasy. It's kind of mid fantasy. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Lord of the Rings. Roughly where like my fantasy some... pitched. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, like anything that 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 brings more people into the geek fold is yeah. is good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we just some trickle down here. Like I'm, um, mm. I want to talk about the convention that we're sort of putting together here for literally 30 seconds because we're not really doing it um fall on until uh next year but this year we've got a got a haul and we're gonna have something together and hopefully it won't be just the the four of us but you know, if we get eight or 12 then that'll be good and, and because it's a community hall we get it for free if it's open to the community they won't actually they don't hire it out to 
to people that are having weddings and so forth. There's no private functions allowed. So oh, nice. public functions only. So consequently, you get it for free. We have to get liability insurance. So there'll be some sort of nominal fee there to, to go to it so that, you know, we can cover things like that liability insurance and maybe a few flyers and, you know, and uh, the cleanup or something fee or something like that. But, you know, like the, ho the hope is that it's going to be, you know, we'll basically get a chance to do a sort of a moist run, if you like, because there will be actually some real people there, but it's not going to be the full on, full on thing, and we can sort of gauge interest and all that. So, so yeah, that should be, um, should be a good time. But the segue with that is that it may well draw some people in who like Game of Thrones. In fact, I may put something like that on the, uh, on the, on the flyer. And, and I think that one of the good things about Game of Thrones, not only from the, not only because people, I don't think that Lord, the Lord of the Rings movies is as good for role-playing as Game of Thrones is. No, it's, I don't think it's accessible. Like, the, the thing that makes Game of Thrones work, especially as a TV show and especially as something that will popularize uh, sort of the genre for, for people who might otherwise not be into it, mm. uh, is that it's very character-centric. Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings is very much not character centric. Mm, Lord true, of the Rings true. is really about like, oh, it's this epic thing going on, and like you only care about the characters like if if you kind of already are like yeah. one of those people that reads Lord of the Rings and goes, you know, they did a really good job of making Boromir not be a complete ass in this yeah, movie yeah. Uh, and making him yeah. sympathetic, and that's pretty much it. Like most of the characters are pretty flat in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and that, and the, that, that um, attaching to the characters. I mean, I've said it before lots of times. You know, that's what people like about about um, escapism. You know, like yes. fiction of any kind, but uh, TV particularly. A good TV show has got to have good characters. I mean, you just look at the ones that are, are popular now. And I think that having those strong characters and then being able to suggest that people might like to try and be one of those characters, or at least inhabit a character of their own within that world. I think right. that makes it, it more accessible. So you said the ideal thing before. I'm not sure if you were intentionally segueing or whether it was uh, just uh, uh, fortuitous, but how do you make that happen in your own game? We sort of talked a little bit about that, like I say, with Sean and, and Karen, but we didn't really get, go in, go into it really um, in, the, in as much depth as I would like. So we're going we're gonna to plumb the depths, I suppose, of, uh, of Game of Thrones in terms of how we might perhaps try and capture some of that um, strong character, um, some of that strong character element. But more importantly, I think, is the feeling that everything is up for grabs in every scene. And there's the possibility that you're going to, uh, that your character could die literally at, at, at any moment. But for that to be like a, a cool part of the, of the story, um, and, and how game how you could sort of achieve that type of thing because like we've talked about dread before where you know like there's all you know there's that, that thing that people somebody is going to die but you've got that building sort of all the time right 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 uh, and it's not quite that yeah it's 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 weird um, I, I think one of the first things uh, when you look at something like Game of Thrones and you want to evoke that sort of that sort of uh, that sort of feeling in your game, those, those sorts of themes, uh, is that you have to have characters that are undeniably human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a lot of role-playing games, uh, 
they kind of got, start out with this pre premise, right, of your characters are the exceptional ones. D&D, mm. uh, &D, everything after, like, second edition really sort of cast your characters as uh, less about heroes, more about superheroes. Like, mm. it all, yeah. it's almost comic booky. Yeah. Uh, fate is kind of the same way where the things that happen to your characters are a result of who your characters are. Right. Not necessarily what they do. Yeah. Uh, and you've got flaws, but but you know your characters are kind of are kind of larger than life. Like even even the most like the characters you get really attached to in Game of Thrones are are fundamentally human, and they do really really dumb things, and they do dumb things for reasons that you understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and a lot of times that's that. <laughs> that sometimes leads to their demise. Uh, mm. I don't. I don't. It's a spoiler to to tell people what happens at the end of of season one of the show, uh, mm. or well, most of the way through the first book. Sure. Well, what we'll do. How about what we'll do is we'll just say that. Uh, well, first of all, what I will say is this, um, and then we'll go ahead and do some do some spoilers. Um, for those that don't know anything about Game of Thrones or the series that it's based on, A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin, um, because all good fantasy writers must have two R's in their middle names, um, <laughs> you, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a character drama with a good plot, um, but unlike a lot of other works of fiction, the characters themselves are not... Um, the expectation that the main characters will not die is removed not quite immediately, but certainly fairly close to the beginning and in, a, in an absolute fashion. So after that point, you go, oh, hang on a minute. I've got a different sort of creature on my hand here. And this is a creature where anybody I get attached to could literally die by walking around a corner and something happening to them. Yeah. Well, the, the the nice thing is it's that it's it's never it's never arbitrary. Like no, 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 not no, not arbitrary. Yep, sure, I'll give you that. Uh, and I and I think that's important. Like like when mm. characters die, it's not an insignificant event. It's a catalyst for other things to happen. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing is yeah, that's it's important. A catalyst for other things to happen because we've talked about this before about the senseless death. Like it just doesn't make sense to be eaten by a giant rat. Now. Um, I'll agree it doesn't make sense to be eaten by a giant rat um, if something doesn't come as a result of it or if dying to this giant rat is somehow a summation of a whole bunch of other things. But but here's kind of exactly where we're going with this, this episode. So um, just to sort of lay the groundwork, um, how can we make it important and interesting for you to die seemingly perhaps randomly or for your deaths to be significant after you've already ceased to play that character. I think that's the most important bit, right? Right, right. Um, I think part of that is going to depend on your system, right? Mm. Uh, because the more, the more, I'm trying to think of a good word for, for this. Um, some games, uh, D and D, Shadowrun, uh, a lot of the more traditional stuff where you you kind of have that hit point base system where anytime you get into a conflict, you know it's a game of attrition until your side or the the other side goes down. Um, 
and especially in cases where you only have really one means of of solving those kinds of conflicts uh i think those will tend to lend uh those will be the the less meaningful uh character character deaths than something like uh and i'm always going to point to my favorite burning wheel uh because the way that it's set up is that uh in 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 burning wheel and in a lot of games like burning wheel uh it's very difficult for your character to die it's very easy for them to get injured Hmm. uh even even horribly uh and in in terrible ways uh but but dying isn't something that you go into blindly like Hmm. when you get into that the kind of conflict where you're like well crap you know, this is something that's so important that I'm willing to lay my life on the line. Mm-hmm. Then you engage in those those kinds of systems where yeah. you can actually, uh, where 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 death is on the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, fate handles it pretty well. Uh, where uh, you have you have things like the option to concede and you know get taken out. You lose the conflict, but you get to go out on your own terms. Or uh, if 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 there's kind of a safety valve for that, you know, if, if the GM thinks that, you know, this this isn't how how things should go down, this isn't how things should end, uh, the the opposition has has a way of taking you out uh, without actually killing you, right? right? Right. You know, you don't have to you don't have to BS with the rules yeah. uh, in in order to for for that to 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 happen. Uh, in in D and D, conversely, uh, it's not out of the question that you'll just have a run of shitty rolls and wind up, you know, yes. eating yeah. dirt due to a bunch of kobolds. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, but but there's different expectations in those systems, right? Right. Like, yep, absolutely. Uh, so I think I think that's that's going to be a big a big factor in in getting that kind of feeling is choosing a system. Uh, whatever system that is, mm-hmm. that will allow you to do that uh, without having to to do mental backflips to make the rules fit with the fiction. Right. Okay. So then, how uh, does that necessitate a game that is less play to find out and more A B C D finale game? Uh, I actually think that the that it works better with uh, games where you where you kind of play to find out. I, I think it's perfectly okay for the GM to sort of have have their own agenda and have the things uh, that are interesting to them since they're a player too and they need to have mm-hmm. their input yeah. uh, going on in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you talked with Sean about this, but but Game of Thrones has huge influence in the you know year long Burning Wheel campaign. Uh, that we played, right? That I ran for him, and I had, you know, background like, oh, there's all these intrigues going on, sort of, sort of, you know, removed from the characters, so that mm. I can kind of keep keep an eye on what's going on with the world, right? Uh, but everything's still centered around the the characters, and there's a lot of back and forth about, you know, making uh, making the characters fit to the situation at hand. And then yeah. adjusting the situation in hand to what happens in the game, you know, right. so that so that the things that they're doing is always affecting 
right. uh, affecting the world in, in return. And yeah. there's a lot of, you know, going back and forth yeah. about that. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of that as well. I think that all of the all of the background work that you put into NPCs, and if you're playing a game where ultimately what you're doing is playing to find out all the work you put into NPCs um, and the way they're interacting with the world, um, I think it always it'll always it'll always help. And I think that like in this instance as well, um, if we're trying to sort of emulate the Game of Thrones thing, then um, the Game of Thrones feeling, then you know having all of those characters in the background doing stuff um, is important. That kind of plays a little bit into the sort of second half of the the, the show that we're going to get into um, later on, which is you know natural consequences and how that can fit into a game where you where you're sort of trying to emulate the feeling of you know everything being um not on a knife edge necessarily but everything being uh, super meaningful and having right. having consequences um but so just but backing off from that just for a moment what do you think about um how you might actually help to achieve that in a game. This is something that I mentioned to to Shauna and Karen, and, and we didn't sort of really go into it too far, but uh, one idea I had was, was to have a story that was operating in multiple different um, sort of arenas, and you had a character in each in each arena. So um, you were, you were, um, you as the player had a sense of the big picture, whereas your characters didn't really have that same sense of the big picture, but that if somebody were to die at some point, then um, as a player, you can start to incorporate that into the story once news reaches you or what, what effects that, uh, that that might have. So having those multiple arenas might be a way you could you could achieve this. So even though your character's dead in one place, you know, you've got characters operating in other places, and then perhaps you can introduce a character in that other arena. And so you don't really ever have to give anything, uh, ever have to sort of sit back and sort of make a character while everybody's doing stuff. The point right. at which your character dies in one arena would be a point where the game would shift to another arena so that when you went back there, you'd had the opportunity to sort of flesh out another sort of person from the uh, from the story. Yeah, I, I, I think that can that can definitely work. Uh, that's kind of that, that idea of troop style play where you kind of have a bunch of different characters. Uh, and you can even take it one step further where it's not like you have a bunch of characters that you play. You just have like... Here's a group of characters, and anytime somebody needs to to pick one up, mm. you know, then, right. yep. then you just just hand it, and the, the characters can shift around players too. I think that's a little right. more troopy than than yeah. normal. Uh, yes. I I think that can that can definitely work. Uh, I I think one one drawback is that it's going to uh, it's going to diffuse the game some uh, when you have when you have one sort of protagonist character that you're that you're advocating for, even if there's stuff going on in the background, like there's one important thing that is happening all the time, and that important thing is whatever happened your characters happen to be doing, right? right. Uh, yep. <clears throat> and when you have a bunch of different characters in different places, all kind of doing different things, uh, it it. I feel like there's a there's a danger that it's going to like you'll get a really cool overview of what is all the stuff going on in, in the world, uh, but you might wind up having a lot of dangling ends that way too because you have a whole bunch of extra stuff to juggle. Uh, you know, you never you never know which sort of sort of plots are going to get tied up when 
uh, and like when you jump back and forth from from, yeah. from all yeah, of these I, I see what, like, I see what you're saying. That sort of yeah. that goes more towards that um, that idea of you know how much do you have in it, how much do you have planned in advance? Yeah, yeah, and and it, interestingly, that's that's also one of the biggest criticisms of of you know Martin's series is that once you get through the first three books, you know you have just this enormous cast of characters and you're switching viewpoints from one to the other to the other and the last two books are both enormous books that are happening at the same time in two different places and there are so many characters that they don't fit in one book uh so you actually like you finish one and then you have to go back and learn what these other characters were doing at the same time and the two stories are interweaving but Mm. you know it's just it's it's a lot of it's a lot of mental work to kind of get all of that stuff to match. Right. right. Uh, could, could it be, uh, could you um, do a, uh, like have the events at the end of one um, trigger the events in the next. So you don't have that temporal overlap. You've only got, um, you know, like what it is linear in, in a sense, but that the characters pick up and then perhaps this, this, the start of their story is shaped by what had happened previously, and then when you go back to that group where somebody, to say for example, died, and I don't, I'm not holding up dying as being um, like what you're hoping to achieve here, but only as as a as a as a viable possibility for um, for people, um, so that when you go back there, all the time that's transpired in the case of all of the other. Um, sort of front so you've got your story running on that's all taken place and they don't go back you know like you just editorialize kind of what's happened to that point and then lead off from there yeah actually that's uh that's a, a really good uh i think a really good way of handling it. it's actually something that i've wanted to explore in in uh one of my campaigns uh number one it's a really good way of expanding the world like yeah you you play for a long time and then you know, eventually a character dies or there's some other major transformative mm, event, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's, it's not always a character death, but something no. big happens that is, yes. oh crap, this is going to change, you know, everything that happens from there on. Right. Uh, those things often hand, happen sort of at the natural end of what you could consider a campaign or a story arc yes. or something, like a natural breaking point in yep, the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, taking that and going like, okay, that part's done. Now mm. let's play another game in this same world, but in a different place that kind of takes, mm. you know, maybe, you know, a year after all of that has happened with right, these right. other characters that are dealing with the aftermath. And then you can play through that until you get to the the, the next point. And then you can right. jump back to your original characters, you know, five years later or, yes. yeah, yeah. you know, you know, keep jumping around and, and, uh, it's it's a cool way of of world building without having that that lonely fun of like yes. yeah yeah writing up this intricate like history of your world yeah. like you get to create it as yes. you, as you go forward uh, but you still get that feeling of a sprawling world that's that's ongoing and living right right for sure okay so let's go to the second piece of this whole idea which is logical consequences if we're going to play a game where there are lots of there's lots of energy being put into fleshing out npcs and they've got their own um stories going on at the same time which um i think is only really i mean is the only way to do it in my opinion i mean if you're playing to find out it makes things a little bit more difficult but i think even uh we would um uh 
I've talked about a number of people about it. Vincent Baker and uh, in particular came out and said, you know, like that's something that he puts a lot of work into is, is that, um, you know, all the stuff that's going on in the background, whether it comes up or not. Um, and so looking at those NPCs and as the GM, you're like you're saying, like that's they're they are a player too, and they want to have you know they're not spotlight is not quite the right word, but you know they want to sort of get some of their ideas um, into the game as well. Then how do you play true to your NPCs um, who may be vastly more powerful than than your PCs? You know, like we're sort of talking about trying to preemptively avoid plot holes. Well, you know, if such and such had happened, then why didn't so and so just gather up a whole bunch of knights and right over there and destroy them because surely he would have heard about that yeah that's uh that's a good question i think part of it is uh much like the player characters you have to have npcs that are human yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the thing about humans is that humans want things mm. um so as the gm at knowing your characters and kind of knowing what's going on ahead of time, even if you don't have like a story, you know, planned out beginning, middle and end, yes. you have the opportunity to form your NPCs in such a way that I think this is, this is going to gonna sound weird, but, but you can take away their free will and turn them into reasonable obstacles for the players. Mm. There's a, there's a reason that they don't want the player to get the thing that they want. And therefore the NPC becomes an obstacle. Right. Uh, you, you basically use them as a vehicle for, for, you know, whatever adversity, you know, you're trying to, to put in front of the, the player characters. Uh, but again, by making them human, you, you give them, uh, you know, you can, you can make them fairly complex uh, you know, if you're if you're going to, to to topple the evil king, you know, maybe there's you know mitigating factors why you can't just gather up a whole bunch of people and just go take them out, right? Uh, huh. Or or there could be mitigating factors why he can't do the same thing to you. Uh, huh. You know, maybe. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Well. What did I do in, in my case? Oh yeah, I made uh, I made one of the player characters' younger brother in love with the king's daughter. Right. And that, and that makes makes it complicated because right. now you're not right. just yeah. you know yeah. dealing with the consequences of you dealing with this, but other people that you are connected to are going to yeah. be affected by it as well. Um, right. And that ties back in again what we're talking about with us trying to emulate this the, the Game of Thrones feel is that. By having those ties there, then if somebody does decide to step not step over the lines on the right word, but to sort of take, you know, to do the do the, the logical thing, um, if not necessarily the smart thing, what consequences there might be for that? Right, right. Well, I mean, you 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 look at uh, again. I'll go I'll go to the show, and you uh, you see the 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 central conflict kind of in the first uh, in the in the first book and the first season of the show is. Uh, Somebody's been murdered. Ned Stark needs to get to the bottom of why. And in the course of that, you find out that he was killed because he learned the, the truth of the fact that the queen and her brother are having an incestuous relationship and the crown prince is is their child. Yes, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that makes 
that makes things difficult on on all ends. Ned has a very like he has a need to to reveal the truth because uh, he's he's friends with the king. He yeah. has a strong sense of honor. Everything that he is is tied up in uh, in the truth. Right. But the complication of that is, of course, the queen doesn't doesn't want him to know. She's incredibly protective of her child. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the 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 downside that nobody nobody saw is that turns out her child's a little bit nuts and is you know uncontrollable in in a lot yeah, of yeah yeah that's right sadist yeah uh and and that you know the the logical consequences of of him finding out the truth uh well is is ultimately thinking set on a spike but yeah uh <clears throat> But but yeah, I mean that's, uh, you know that's 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 kind of how how those things go. Uh, of course, <laughs> yeah. M- Martin has the the un- unbelievable ability to like get you involved in something and then snatch it away and go ah, but you thought that was the story we were telling. That's not the story we're telling. We're telling yeah, yeah. the story yeah. over here and then doing it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, repeatedly. Like, Remember how uh, I said that wasn't the story we were following. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm. I I am 100% convinced that no main characters have died in, in, uh, in Game of Thrones because the main characters are Jon Snow and Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah. I mean, the thing the thing is called a song of ice and fire. Um. So my 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 theory is that um, ultimately it has to be about the dragons and the the White Walkers from the north. Yes. Yeah. So I don't if, know. You, if you listen to the conspiracy theories, it's possible that that Jon Snow isn't actually Ned Stark's bastard, but his sister's kid from Daenerys's brother. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find. Um, I re- I was watching. Oh, watching. No, I read something about. Um, there's a picture of George R. R. Martin talking with the producers of the show. I don't know if this these two events go together necessarily, but apparently, because I mean he's not like he's out like pumping iron every day. Um, there are concerns about his right. health, you know, like if he's going to actually survive long enough to finish writing these books, where he's going to mysteriously have a heart attack one day, and that's going to be the end of it. But um, his parent has told them how how it plays out. So yeah, yeah, I've 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 heard the same rumors that that he, you know, they've they've solved that issue just in case. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Like I don't know how I'd feel being George R. R. Martin going you're like. So wait, what? I'm gonna tell you what happens because I'm gonna <laughs> die. Like, here's the twist in the story. The story doesn't. Yeah. I die. <laughs> uh, I I think I would do that if they paid me as much as HBO is probably paying him. That's right. Yeah. Like, All right, you want to know how it ends? Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the twist. Yeah, gets all meta. Somebody breaks into his house and cuts his head off. Um. So. <laughs> So um yeah so there you go there's a few little little sort of snippets I guess maybe if you want to try and do something games of throwing I think think that um there's a problem with diffusion that's our first thing right that's our first problem diffusion right um possible ways that to get around that is to um look at each piece um look at each sort of campaign if you like as a as one sort of story um that impacts the following stories so you 
So you wouldn't want so you wouldn't want a campaign to run too long, then would you? You wouldn't want to go for like a year and a half because you might be kind of like, well, you know what, I've kind of I'm kind of done with that, right? Like you want to make it not too super long. So yeah, you feel well, like I mean, you you, you kind of got to go till 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 you're satisfied, right? I mean, sure. Uh, there's 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 always a point when you know you you kind of achieve the thing that you were trying to achieve, and then when you get to that, huh? Well, what now? That's a good like a really yeah, good yeah. time. It's to all organic, in, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of some games might allow you to be like, all right, well, you know, we'll pick up, you know, with these same characters sometime later. That's mm. practically a new campaign anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I one of the thing one of the years there was a game chef competition. Was it game chef? I can't remember. Anyway, but there were various different rules, and the rule one of the rules was that uh, the game had to take place in four hours. There had to be a timing mechanism, which is which is part of it. Um, and I'd sort of already done that a little bit with with faith when I first when I first wrote it. So I was sort of comfortable with that. But is there a way to work into this some sort of a event that's occurring like so no matter what's happened by this point this is when the when the game is going to the campaign is going to be over right like this like you know, we're going to go until this point so there's a certain sense of of urgency uh i think you can uh, again, I think it depends. It depends on the game. I know Tenra Bancho Zero. You can totally do that. Mm. Tenra Bancho Zero is is designed to basically play an entire RPG campaign in one session. Right. Uh, it's not necessarily four hours. It's probably closer to five or six mm. for a full game. But sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think the thing that makes that sort of thing work. Uh, is a, uh, a game that uses scene framing fairly heavily. Yeah. Uh, because right. because then you have the freedom to be like, all right, so the next scene is so much time later. We have these characters in the scene, and they're doing this thing, and you can kind of push them along and still, you know, still give everybody the the, the freedom to be protagonists mm. uh, while while still having uh, that that structure that will lead to uh to the end and i and i know there's a lot of games where uh you kind of have a, a, a predetermined outcome or at least an event that that yeah. is going to occur yeah this time. is going to happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah like monster 1244 or whatever it is like yeah. you get to the end and eventually like especially since a historical game mm. you know the the you know the same sort of events unfold the 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 fun is just how you get there right uh, between that's right yeah that, that, well that's the thing right like it's not uh sort of about the the it's about the journey right not the destination right exactly all right well on to the last thing here we, uh, that uh that will um amuse you no doubt uh, a few weeks ago um i tried playing um well i don't want to say i tried playing burning wheel because i don't want to be one of those guys are kind of like, this is just all so complicated. I couldn't possibly understand. Oh, I'm so dumb. Um, but uh, we tried to play. Um, what we did is we got partway through putting the the characters together for um, for for Burning Wheel, and so I thought we could talk a little bit about all of the various things that um, all the various things that uh, we did wrong. I don't have too many specifics, but the first thing, the very first thing was, and and I, and I wrote to Sean. 
um, as this was happening. Um, the one of the major design constraints for Victoria was to write something that was very easy to understand when it came to creating characters, so you could make it and then and then you could play. Um, and I like um, putting time into developing your your character um, and their backstory and all sort of things to help sort of inform the decisions you make um, as you go along. Um, and in Burning Wheel, that now maybe I'm even wrong about this, but in Burning Wheel, part of telling that story of your character's background actually has an impact on the numbers that you end up on with on your character sheet. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So, I so I understood that, but I got that bit right. Okay, um, so I chose to be a um, start off as a peasant, and then I was a squire. Does that or like a runner, a runner? I was a runner okay. for uh, um, for the army. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's a, that sounds right. Peasant uh, and then to... I was, and I, I took being a can I, and I was a runner twice, and then I was a, and then I was like a professional runner. Does that? I don't okay, know. so I have I have my I have my book handy. I can right on, nice, perfect. All right, so so you had born peasant leads out to servant servitude, soldier, seafaring, or religious. I'm guessing yeah, you were soldier. Soldier was because I joined I joined the I joined the army. Right, joined the army. Uh, so that gives us doo, 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 so professional soldier. What are you looking at? You got it there? Yep, I got it right here. Runner is the next the next one. Runner leads out to villager, peasant, servitude, or outcast. Okay, so my my idea was that I was a I was a peasant and um, I joined the army um, and became became a runner. So I was running all over. I was going between battle lines and so on and so forth, taking bits of information here and there. Um, so I got like fit and speedy. Um, they're not speedy. Uh, good stamina, that sort of thing. So that was part of that. So you can you bump your. your I don't recall the names of the of the stats, but you sort of get the idea that right. by doing that type of stuff, you know. And I had was it noticing or or something something wise. There were some wises there somewhere or something. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was my my idea was um, that I was going to be be a runner, um, and then I chose and then what was what was could i be after that you gave me a, a series of uh let's see so so uh runner it, you can either stay in in uh in the soldier setting yes uh and go go anywhere in there uh or it leads out to villager peasant servitude or outcast yeah, so I, I stayed in I stayed in soldier because I stayed being a runner. So I was actually so good at being a runner that I actually became. Um, my idea was that I became a scout. Um, okay. And so I would actually go go scouting about the place um, and try and find out troop positions and, and stuff like that. So I I, I beefed up those um, those skills again. Um, I don't remember exactly the numbers um, that were involved with that, but um, I thought okay, well I'll stay doing that, and then. I think at that point I was watching. Um, I think I was up to sort of like the second to last episode of season three of, of Game of Thrones, and I was uh, there was a particular character who was uh, who was tied up and being and being tortured, and all sorts of horrible things were happening. Um, <laughs> oh, poor and, <laughs> yeah, and so then, um, so yeah, so that's what I so that's what I I stayed in doing that, and I and so my story was that my. Um, that my character was was held captive for um, for a number of 
for a number of years, I think, even, and was was tortured and had tried to extract various pieces of information and and so on and so forth. And what what happened then was that I actually got um, I got ransomed out of that position because I was the bastard son of uh, of a nobleman. Um, and because I was the bastard son of a nobleman, uh, my, I think my aunt, who I didn't know was my aunt, um, actually paid for me to be, for me to be rescued. But then I got, um, uh, what's the, you can have a skill like, cause, cause once you go through sort of your professions and you ask a whole bunch of questions, which play into something, um, what are those, Sean? I know that's not a very good wait, description, but there's 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 a couple of them. Uh, all right, so 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 first of all, uh, generally, uh, well, uh, let me let me a- answer your question first. Uh, there's there are uh, two uh, two parts in character creation where they start asking you questions. Mm. Uh, one is in health. And it'll ask you like, did you take certain certain life path settings? Did you yeah. uh, is your is your fort, you know, above this number? Uh, do you live in squalor or filth? Have you ever given right. uh, and and that will affect uh, your health score. Uh, yeah. And then the second one is steel, and it'll be stuff like, you know, were were you a soldier? Have you killed with your own hands? Yes. Were you raised in a really happy place? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of other stat questions. Yeah. Uh, are you an elf or a dwarf? Uh, and right. that'll that'll affect your steel. Right. And I thought that was really good. That's the thing that I really enjoyed about the character creation process um, and Burning Wheel. Although you could you could apply it elsewhere, is that by asking by the, there's a series of questions which help to sort of flesh out. Um, your your character background and also have um, an effect on stats. So like some of the questions are, have you killed with your with your bare hands? And I said, okay, well my my dude, yeah, he has because he's an advanced scout, so he's killed scouts from from the opposition. Um, and then it's there's another question is like, have you killed multiple people? Um, right. and the answer for me again was yeah, like he's killed he's had to kill lots of lots of people um, along the way. And then there's questions like, have you been tortured or have you been um, like yeah, torture but and they all have they all have an effect on um, have an effect on stats. So, whereas previously, um, in making characters, I sort of like thought my character through, and then once I de- decided what their background was, I then gone ahead and made sure the skills matched. Um, and right. Burning Wheel, um, it's more of a case of um, you're almost into like playing to to find out territory even for your uh, for your character you know your um as you go through and encounter these questions or encounter these life paths it encourages you to think about um your character which i think although the the number crunching associated with it might be a little daunting i think for a new person to the game um if there was somebody that was doing that number crunching it might be quite a nice way to um, get a fairly well fleshed out character, um, yeah. without sort of needing to know the sort of tropes that you generally that you sort of think about when when putting a character together. Have you found that? I don't know what your uh, newbies is. So so there's there's a there's a there's a couple of tricks uh, with with new new players. It's it's a little hard uh, 
and and when so, you say new, you mean new to role playing or new to burning wheel? New, new to burning wheel because it's uh, there's there's only a handful of games that use light path systems, so it's hard to to you know when you have so much to 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 pick pick from, mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to get lost unless you you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so so there's there's a little bit of of uh, creating characters in Burning Wheel is almost a game by itself, right? Yes. Like it's it's a, it's a little mini game that you play before you get into the actual mm -hmm. game. Uh, the the trick I usually use is uh, first you figure out what kind of character you want to play, right? Uh, then you go through and you find the thing that matches that closest and then work backwards right uh and and what you'll usually find uh in in burning wheel number one uh and this is intentional and by design uh you will never have the perfect character right it, it will never you know you you come up with a concept and then once you start doing it uh and especially once you start limiting how many life paths you start with uh it's never going to quite match what what's there in your head. So mm -hmm. you're immediately going to have to start compromising on, on your original character concept. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the game. Like, uh, and, and the weird thing is that, that you, there are absolutely character, like there are life paths that are better than other life paths. You know, it's, it's not, it's not balanced across the board. Everyone's kind of, appropriate for what they are yeah. uh so so for example like you started out as as peasant and went through through all of this stuff and when you got to the end you were like oh my character is a uh you know the bastard son of some noble mm. uh, well if you look at the noble life life path setting there's born noble and the second life path is bastard yeah so so you know that's already built into the game and if you had started started out from say a captive of a war that had just been ransomed uh, because the life path kind of represents the last thing that you were doing. Yes. Uh, so, so you could interpret that as I have just finished doing that. Like I've just been, been released and that's the start of the game. Right. Uh, and so your last life path is captain of war. You go back or captain of war, go back, scout runner, you know, jump over to, to, uh, nobility bastard and then born noble. Yeah. Uh, you know that that kind of kind of sets up that character that you've uh, that that you've already created, yes. and and you know meshes it into the the, the concept that that you had, right? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you'll go the other way, like you did. You'll start out with, yeah. you know, oh, I picked these life paths and get to the end. Oh, it would be cool if this guy was a bastard, and then you can go back and look to see if there's something earlier that will match. Uh, yeah, and it, it I I realize that it sucks to have to go back and redo all the time. Uh, yeah, but but like I said, it's 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 almost a mini game. It's it's something mm. that you have to learn to do. Uh, it's yeah. a it's a skill yeah. uh, that the game that the game teaches you, figuring out how to get your character yeah. out of this huge list of light paths and make them interesting. That's right. Yeah, and and that was what you had you had said before is that the 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 um making the characters um is an important part of the game you're actually telling some of the story that's that's to come so so if you are going to give Ben wheel a shot it's not a it's not a speedy process and and there are a few online sort of like this will help you um play 
Uh, this will help you put your character together for um, for burning wheel type type things. Now, I don't know if I used a good one, but part of the way that they um, that I'm not sure if, if whoever created the thing talked to Luke and said, you know, how can I do this in such a way that it doesn't feel like it's a, it's uh, giving people the ability to make characters without having to buy the book. One of the things I've got is, you know, what is the something or other's word in the fourth paragraph on the you know third line of the fourth paragraph, that, that sort of thing. But right. I, I got to one of those and I did that four or five times before I gave up because no matter what, it seemed like whatever I was doing, I had the right edition and everything, but it wasn't really reading it. So if you are going to use one of those, try doing it in advance to make sure that it uh, that it works because I yeah there are varying usefulnesses is yeah and I should point out as far as I know all of the all of the freely available online character burners uh, there there's only one I know the one you were using it was uh, Paul Drussel's uh, and yes. he he uses uh, a Google uh, Google code or a Google app right uh, for it. Uh, and, and and once you get it to work, it works really well. Uh, yes. It's it's not perfect, and uh, it has he has ceased to update it. Uh, right. Because I believe there's an official one. Uh, okay. It's kind of been in in, in the works in the background. Uh, mm. But uh, Mr. Crane is notoriously tight-lipped about what's going on behind the scenes at. at right. At Burning Wheel until something is ready to be released. Right. So, I have no idea where that where that is. I've I've gotten uh, I've gotten the chance to look at a couple of beta versions uh, right. of it, but I don't know where where it's at as far as actually being being released. Um, <clears throat> so so uh, can can I ask you a couple couple other questions? Yes, please please do. Uh, so so did you guys? Uh, did you guys figure out uh, like what the situation was before you started creating characters? Um, the situation that the game would be about. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a game being run by a chap who is relatively new to role playing. He's sort of fishing around to find the system uh, that he feels is good. So he's very much a system matters kind of uh, kind of a guy. Um, and so he's looking for the system that'll help to that'll facilitate the type of story that he wants to tell. So he's done an awful lot of research into the background, the setting, and that sort of thing. And he's got a general idea that it's associated with um, some sort of problem with the nobility, but he's, he hasn't really said, okay, well, we're going to play um, about, and I'm just making this up here, um, uh, the king is... The king is being the king is actually a new surfer um and the real king is like the the man the the, uh, the velvet mask or the iron mask is it i can't remember which one the two it is uh, yeah, um, I, that, yeah let's just say that that's what it is but but i mean we didn't we didn't go that far all i know is it's something to do with the the, the nobility and um some sort of a um i think a clash of houses if you like right uh one of the, one of the important things uh about starting in, in Burning Wheel is to make sure that everybody's on the same page as to what's going on, right? Uh, so, uh, so if you're dealing with uh, you know these you know these clashes of houses uh, mm-hmm. among the nobility, yes. uh, you want to decide ahead of time kind of what characters are going to be involved in that. You know, are you playing like the 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 
group of of soldiers that are being used as a cat's paw for one house right uh to 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 attack the other are you guys playing the nobles in in mm. one or other of the houses dealing right. with that uh because that's going to give you a really good starting place for your characters and it's going to take out a huge amount of work because you like the more specific you get uh, as far as what the starting situation is yep. the the fewer options you need to deal with in right. in burning a character right okay sure uh, yep. you know if if you know that this game is going to be about uh, a group of soldiers like going out and 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 performing missions for for a commanding officer or uh or or some noble like as his private army or whatever right uh, you you know that all of your characters are going to wind up in in the you know professional soldier or right uh, yes. you know somewhere in there like you're going to press and and whatnot right. uh you know if you if you know that your characters are going to be conniving and scheming uh amongst the nobility at court and and trying to to you know uh embarrass and or and or you know outmaneuver the other nobles socially you know you guys all want to end up somewhere in the noble court at the end right right uh so knowing the end point kind of tells you where you can where you can kind of start from right so in that respect would you say that burning wheel is more um uh is less open to the people being whatever characters to start. I don't mean that you can't make whatever character, but that it's more important for the game that the scenario is um, more fully realized than perhaps a game where you might say, okay, well, I've got a character that made like this type of character, got that type of character, now I'm going to go away and take my NPCs and I'm going to try and craft a story around that. Yeah, you, you, you like I said, with you know, during play, there's a back and forth. And at the beginning of, of play, there's there's the back and forth. You know, the, mm-hmm. sitting down and, and figuring out in broad strokes sort of what's going on right. uh, is, is the thing that will tell you what kind of characters are appropriate for this game. Right. Uh, you know, Burning Wheel handles a lot of different kinds of characters. Like, you could play all frickin' slaves, uh, or you can play all nobles, or you can play all, you know, a group of seafarers. And then there's ways you, you can clearly mix mix and match those things up. You know, a, a pirate, a cutthroat, and a, and a you know, a mercenary. Yeah, pretty, pretty much you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, going out and doing stuff. Uh, but But you kind of need to know what kind of characters are going to be appropriate for mm. for the yeah. I, I don't want to say the story that you're going to tell uh because right. you won't know that until the end of it yeah uh burning wheel really is i i mean it is uh about playing to find out what happens right. uh but you're starting with you know here here's the thing that that's just happened right like yeah all right so we've got some noble houses and one of them has just you know, made a major coup and your house has been deprived of all of its funds. Right. Like, you know, you're, you're now your your noble house is destitute. Yes. Uh, and you need right. to, to, to regain your place. Like, right. that doesn't tell you how the campaign is going to go or what the end of it is. It just gives you a goal to work yes. towards and 
you know what kind of characters are going to be involved there. Right. Uh, and that's more sort of a Dungeons and Dragons type thing too, at least in the, in the olden days you'd say, okay, we need a we need somebody good with ranged weapons, we need somebody to cast some spells, we need somebody to, to heal people, and we that that sort of thing. Like it's not quite the same thing in as much as you need to have the skills match, but you need to have people with life paths that are gonna tie into the major elements of the story. Right. Well and you and you wanna have characters that have reasons to be together. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. if if it's if it's uh and I'm just using this as a as a as an example. If you're if you're part of a noble uh, house that has just been been cast down, right? Uh, maybe one of you is actually a member of the house, like a, a right. you know the 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 favored son, right? Yes, yeah. And maybe his bastard brother, uh, who doesn't you know doesn't really like the the rest of the family because he was treated poorly but cares for you know his half brother and right. their bodyguard who isn't really a, a member of the mm. family by blood yeah. but has been there for forever oh yeah. and the you know and the 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 scholar that was all of these kids tutors right you know growing up like those are all characters that are tied into that situation and tied into the family but still come from fairly diverse backgrounds yeah. like you don't yeah. have all members of, of a noble family. And then right. once the, that's done and and you sort of make your characters and, and build your beliefs, then it's the GM's job to make NPCs to 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 foil you and to put challenges right. in the way of your of your beliefs. Uh, right. and then you'll just keep going back and forth from there. You try and you know complete your belief. The GM, you know, takes what what just happens and makes kind of the new scenario. Uh, right to, to to challenge your new beliefs and you go back and forth uh, over and over until the campaign's done. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure where it's going yet, but um, but yeah, the the the. the <laughs> I don't think we did any much of the mathematics um, exactly correct. Um, judging by the fact that after going through that and spending a few hours sort of going back and forth and trying to get all these numbers done. Um, the chap running the game wrote me a text message and said, um, I think we did all of that wrong. <laughs> so I was like, no, I just wanted to play. Now I yeah, can't it, play still. It, it's, <laughs> How about you fix that? <laughs> it's it's really like, I, I, I get it. I get how frustrating it can be at the very beginning. Like mm. it's, it's, it's like playing one of those really complicated German board games, right? Right, like, right. Yep. Like nobody knows how to freaking play Agricola until you've played it a few times. Right. And then it's not quite so daunting. But until then, you've got like all these little pieces yeah. and this weird board with the map and you don't know what's going on and you don't yeah. know what, what good strategy is or anything. Like Burning Wheel is exactly the same way. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, first, the first couple of times you'll, you'll, you'll bash your head into it and be like, I don't know why this isn't working. Yeah. Uh, and and half the time it's you know people don't have their their beliefs clear enough so the GM doesn't have enough to work with or the GM is trying to too hard to tell his story and mm. and not engaging in the players' beliefs so the players aren't getting their rewards and things are weird. Uh, it 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 happens. It totally yeah. happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what what are we going to take away from from this week? There's from the from the top of the show. So. Uh, if you want to have um, games where everything matters, then um, take a look maybe at a big sort of world-building type game where, you know, what you're creating 
overall is what's is what's important rather than exactly what any one individual character achieves or you know what loots or or stuff they get would that be the... I, I would say the the thing that makes that makes it work the thing that makes the world building part interesting uh is that there are characters that are engaging with it because they have strong motivations to do so right uh you know rob stark has strong motivations to gather an army and and become king in the north and lead you know uh you know an army against against yeah. the uh the the red keep because yeah. his sisters are being captive like he has a yeah. very very simple motivation for for doing the things he did he needs right. to get his sisters back right uh, and and in pursuit of that he goes to extreme lengths to 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 accomplish that feat right uh, and and that is that is the thing with every one of the the major characters in 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 game of thrones and that's right. that's the reason that that you attach to them because it's like they wind up in, in weird situations because of the things that they need to do but yeah. the things they need to do are very important and, right, yeah. and very like important. the human like you're saying the human right yeah the human yeah age. yeah nobody's out to save the world everybody's out to to do the thing yeah. that they need to do yeah yeah true um and then the second piece which is logical consequences which is um in order to try to um i don't want to say sort of uh stymie yourself as a gm but if you're going to um try and deal with logical consequences you need to and need to intertwine things like initially you maybe you need to look at um the bigger picture and figure out why larger more powerful npcs can't just squash the pcs like a bug like there's some sort of power thing or some sort of a emotional thing or something in there which is stopping that happening right um is that was that what you were saying for that yeah one? yeah like you know maybe maybe somebody has the power to just you know send wave after wave of, of troops after another character mm. but that could put something else that they care about in, right. in jeopardy and they're yeah, just yeah. not exactly. willing to do that exactly yeah they've been attacked from a different they can't spare the troops at this time and yeah. then uh and then lastly burning wheel um uh if you're going to play burning wheel first of all make sure you get a good um character burner if you want to try and use the internet to do that um if you don't if you want to do it really super efficiently and you want to jam it um take some time maybe talk to some people online like maybe do some dry runs yourself of characters because um correct me if i'm wrong but people that like burning wheel are passionate about it and are more likely to be generous with their time when describing it accurate not accurate uh yeah uh in, in at least in my experience uh i i know i know at least from my my personal perspective is this is my favorite game and i want to share it with everybody right like, right because the more people that that like it and know how to play it means i get to play with more people yes uh so so yeah most of the the burning wheel community uh you know, if you bring something to them, if you bring bring questions or 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 problems with your game, like mm -hmm. go to the forums. Uh, Which forums would those be for those? Uh, that that would be at www.burningwheel.org. Yeah, uh, and and like the official forums, you know, loot posts there, tour posts there, 
everybody is is more than willing to help uh if if you're doing like if you're having problems with your game people will analyze it and and tear it apart not not in a mean way not like you're stupid why are you doing it this right but but they'll be very critical of it uh but ultimately everybody's trying to help like yeah like take take what they say uh you know my myself yeah. included yeah uh in, in the best light possible like, yes yeah we all we all want you to have a good game yes yeah exactly yeah and i think that that doesn't that doesn't uh that's not confined to burning wheel at all if you've got a system that's kind of crunchy and has got as like front loaded like that you don't want to scare your players or if you're playing with a group of guys that maybe or girls or a combination thereof um who are um who you know aren't going to run away because it was was tough then um, you're probably okay to sort of muddle through. But if you're saying, okay, group of people that haven't really played much before, let's get together and have a game of Burning Wheel, don't show up not prepared and know all of the ins and outs of putting a character and stuff together because that's not going to go well. Right. Um, uh, and if I, have, if I have one other piece of advice, uh, and this is going to be repeated ad nauseum by everybody who teaches other people to play Burning Wheel, uh, there's a demo scenario called The Sword. It is free on the Burning Wheel website. I think you have to go through the store to, to download it. Right. Uh, but it's a really simple demo scenario for characters that are already fully prepared. They have their right. beliefs laid out. Right. It is designed to teach you how the game works. Yeah. Uh, and, and I almost think that it is more important to understand the basic mechanics of the game before you start making your characters yeah. because that way you'll know how the dice rolls work, how, yeah. how the ebb and flow of play, like you'll, you'll get a good overview 99% of the time you'll uh, in that demo scenario, you'll get either a chance to run uh, a pretty quick fight or mm -hmm. a pretty quick duel of wits. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's not very long. It's really open-ended. Uh, it takes, I, I've run it multiple times in you know, two hour slots. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, re a really good way of doing it, playing it, see what works, see yep. what, like where your big questions are, get those answered, then go into, mm. you know, go to, sitting go down. Go some forums, ask some questions about that and then go and, and, uh, and run a game. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people try and jump into Burning Wheel with, with, with both feet. Uh, and sometimes it works if you've got a, people that know what they're doing well, mm -hmm. that you're playing with. Uh, a whole group of new people, it's, it's, it's a deep game, uh, and it's easy to, uh, to drown in it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, um, that's uh, goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And until next week, keep talking the walk. Thank you.